Everything is variable and you gotta roll with the punches. So yeah, you could have a kick-ass mountain Airbnb that's booked all the time. You could run the small one that's booked all the time. Generally, they don't trash it, but sometimes their dog does. So you have to be able to adjust with it. So if you think this is a good shot for you to take, then take it. Like look around your town. Are you in a small mountain town that gets a lot of ski traffic? Then shop around, see if someone's doing it in town. Grow your cleaning business, make more money, have more time. This is the Profit Cleaners Podcast with your hosts, Brandon Condry and Brandon Shane. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Profit Cleaners, the only place where you can learn from the top 1% of cleaning business owners from around the world to next level your business and win in this market. I am your host, Brandon Shane, joined by my co-host, Brandon Condry. And welcome, guys. We're going to be learning a lot of exciting knowledge today to take your business to the next level. So we're going to be talking about Airbnbs, you know it, they're huge, everyone's doing it, and they're really beneficial, especially if you own a cleaning business. So we're gonna be talking about the pros and the cons, how you can scale this and integrate this into your cleaning business, how we did that, and we're still doing that, and we're gonna share that story. So let's get started. Let's do it. Let's jump right in, right? So for those of you who have been living under a rock, Airbnb is a short-term rental company where you could list a property that you own and someone could stay in it like a hotel for a night or two. Right. There are many companies that do this. Another one is called VRBO. That's vacation rental by owner. There's one called home away. Mm-hmm. There are little teeny tiny mom and pop vacation rental places in like ski resort towns. So they're all over the place. You just have to be able to find them. The question is what good does that do you as a cleaning company owner? Right. So we knew this was something that we wanted to get into and We had kind of known it from the outset, but I remember getting a call from a customer one time asking if we would do an Airbnb. And I was like, yeah, we'll do an Airbnb. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, is that a big deal? She's like, I've called literally every company in town. Everyone says they won't do it. They're too hard. We'll do it. Yeah. And so she's still a customer. We still clean her Airbnb. So the way that we got into it as kind of like a pilot was, you know, we both have aspirations to kind of own some real estate and it's a good tax shelter for profit coming out of this business to buy some property. And then you can turn that into an asset by turning it into an Airbnb. So to kind of test drive that, I have a friend of mine who owns a house, two bedroom, one bath. It's about 1,100 square feet, I think. And so his wife got into a PhD program out of state and they left and they had a previous bad experience with long-term renters that everything was fine until they got back to the house and they had destroyed a bunch of stuff. So I'd pitch them on, hey, I have an idea. How about we try this vacation rental thing instead while you're out and we'll see how it goes. And it's been two years, I think, and Mm -hmm. so far so good. So the way that we kind of managed it, which there are Airbnb management companies out there. There's a big one in Denver called Evolve. They're all over the place. And the way that those guys work, Evolve in particular, they will manage the messaging back and forth with the people. They will handle bookings and all those things. And they're going to take a cut. I think it's pretty standard, about 18% to manage that. But I think it's 10% actually. That's like traditional property management. So like if you're getting a rental thing, like a lot of short-term rental companies are a lot higher on the management fees because it's a lot more interaction because there's not like a tenant that you get in there one time and then you check in with them once a month you have to constantly be interacting with these people yeah and they're calling the plumber when the toilet's clogged yes they're doing all the maintenance exactly so that's the thing they're going to manage the whole property and you work out these deals with them in terms of how much they're going to cover or whatever it is but they're not on the ground so evolves managing stuff everywhere they're based in denver so they're going to set up a system for you to get bookings in there and readings and things like that but someone is still on the ground that has to clean it and fix stuff 
So we are a trusted Evolve partner in Albuquerque. So anytime that Evolve gets a client in Albuquerque, we are literally the only cleaning company in town that they call, and we're the ones that set it up with them. And so we help manage the cleanings and stuff. Yeah, that's one way you could start getting new business right there is just call up a company like Evolve. Yes. You'll get on their schedule, and then they'll send business to you. Yep, exactly. So we get a call every now and then that they introduce us to a new operator, a new owner in Albuquerque that's looking to help. And we charge evolve for the clean. Sometimes we charge the owner for the clean. They have it set up in a bunch of different ways, but that's an easy one. So the way that we got into it here with ourselves was we kind of act as the management company for that. And we take a percentage of the stay. Our percentage is significantly higher. We split this 50, 50, but the deal that we worked out with my friend that owns it is that like, look, we're going to cover every expense that comes along, unless it's a major thing, like an appliance has to be replaced or repaired. That's big time. I think we have a $500 limit. We replaced a toilet, for instance, that fell on us as part of the deal. We have to switch over the evaporative coolers in Albuquerque because no one has refrigerated air. So that's on us to do little tiny handyman stuff. We cover all that, Mm -hmm. but that comes out of our cut. So that's one way to do it. The reason that it's interesting is that his house is very small. And if you have someone that's staying there for a day or two, there's only it can only get so dirty in a day or two. So the cleaning fee is tacked into the stay with Airbnb, and then we split that revenue. But for us to clean that 1,000 square feet with a team of three, we are typically in and out of there in less than like 40 minutes. So we're going to run through, put everything back together, change linens, and then spot mop. We're not going to mop the whole house every time. We clean the whole bathroom. We clean the whole kitchen. That's where things get really dirty. But the rest of the house, we're just looking for problem issues and getting in and out really, really fast. Yeah, I would say it's a little more like almost like a hotel type yes. cleaning or spot cleaning where they just do the little things everyone's going to see and, and go a lot faster than like a deep cleaning where we would traditionally do in right. houses and go a little bit. It's actually more involved sometimes because there's more variables in these Airbnbs where you have to clean dishwashers or things that we don't normally do like add chlorine to their pool tab or whatever like there's there's all these random things that they'll ask you to do the cleaning team so it can get a little more intensive on the variables but but you're in control i mean yeah, you, you're, you're you own the company so like you don't have to take on the job that wants you to add chemicals to the pool that might be a liability thing like well they added 10 times the amount of chlorine they were supposed to do and some kid burnt their eyes when they got in the pool like if you don't want to handle that like don't do that but there are some pros to it so Generally speaking, for us, the turnover is relatively quick. If you have a long term stay, like you're going to have one big clean at the end. But typically, like right now, the Airbnb has a traveling nurse in it, and we worked out a deal with them that we'll clean it every two weeks. That's benefit for us because we know that it's not getting super trashed, and we get to see on the inside to make sure that they're not like destroying the place. Mm -hmm. Also, it pushed that particular person over the edge. They were deciding between us and another property. Well, hey, ours comes with free cleaning every two weeks built in because we own a cleaning company. Yeah. So that's a good pro. So because it's a high turnover sort of thing, the margin is usually higher. So like you're going to charge whatever cleaning fee you want that you're going to work out with the owner. There's a couple of different strategies there. Typically, if you have a really high cleaning fee, it's not going to get booked as often because people see the cleaning fee and get really turned off. So what we like to do is put the cleaning fee low. So like I think on Airbnb, the cleaning fee is like 35 bucks, but we just built in the margin into the stay. We have Airbnb set that it won't go below a minimum for the night. So you, there's always ways to work that out. So usually you get a bit of a higher profit. Mm-hmm. And then there are some upsell opportunities. So one of the things that we set up was the biggest hangup for a lot of Airbnb people is linens. We Most cleaning companies are not going to want to clean because the owner wants you to stay on site, wash all the sheets in here, and then put them back on the bed. I don't have time for that. We're a high throughput cleaning company. We're not going to stay here to let a load of laundry run for four hours. So what we did instead was we partnered with a commercial linen company in town. 
they treat us like a hotel. In our office, there's a warehouse, bunch of sheets of different sizes, single point drop off and pick up for them. When the team goes out to clean an Airbnb on any given day, we have it in our database that it has one queen, a double, two sets of twins, and then they get all the sheets they need for that and the pillowcases and the towels. The towels are part of it. We roll up with clean stuff, take all the dirty stuff out in a bag, and we're done. All we have to do is make the beds. There's no laundry stuff. So the way that that's an upsell for the customers or for the cleaning company owner is that we rent the linens from the linen company for X price. It's literally per sheet. So it's like every week a queen sheet is 28 cents or whatever it is. We just mark that up by 20% and just pass that on. All we're doing is driving sheets back and forth and we get the margin on the sheets. Yeah, absolutely. And I think while we're talking about these pros, like another, we kind of skipped over like, why is this even a great market? Which I think is a huge pro in general, but it's just booming guys. Like the Airbnb market has been booming for the last few years, so much so that like major hotel chains are investing in Airbnbs themselves. Like their hospitality industry obviously is hurting really bad from the pandemic. And so because they're trying to offset those revenues that they're losing, they're going into stuff that's actually cash flowing and consistent like Airbnbs. And we're saying here, it's an amazing opportunity for you to pivot into that industry if you're not already, because the demand is just continuing to increase and increase. And if hotels are buying into them, if you wanna invest in an Airbnb, your margins just went up because now you own the cleaning company and you can clean it and have way less cost and have a higher profit every month. Right. So there's a lot of really cool things happening there. And it's just, if you own a cleaning business, it's like the perfect storm of all those. Yep. It's a personal preference, but like I've got young kids and I hate staying in a hotel with kids. You're all crammed in the same room. The kids are going to go to bed a couple hours before the parents. And so that means if we're all in the same room, then me and my wife can't hang out and talk because we're all sitting here quiet, trying not to wake anybody up. So I prefer Airbnbs as a family because you can all spread out. Everyone gets their own space. You can cook your own food if you want. When I was doing business travel, hotels were the way to go because it was so easy. You roll up to a hotel, boom, I'm in. I checked in. No big deal. It's all made. I got room service. That's how I covered my food. But I just don't like to do that with kids. And I think that's how the general sort of economy is going because hotels are buying into the Airbnbs. So that's the way it's headed. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we want to mention in the very beginning with AirDNA is what we're going to tell them about. It's a software or a a tool that you can use to check out what's happening in your market. So in the beginning, we were like, I don't know, where are the Airbnbs and where are the people going and what's going to give us the best return? If you're investing in an Airbnb, of course, you also might want to see this data if you're wondering where to clean all these Airbnbs, Yeah, what what to target, what to plan for. So AirDNA is a big database. I think it's actually Airbnb's data. I might be wrong on that, but I think it's what Airbnb sells the data for. So it's a subscription service. I want to say it's $95 a month. There's no contract, so you can get it for a month, get your data, and cancel if you want. Mm -hmm. So like in Albuquerque, the ones that were booked all the time were three-bedroom, two-bath. Every three-bedroom, two-bath in Albuquerque is booked constantly. So mentally planning for how are we going to address these customers, all right, well, we're looking for people to have three-bedroom, two-baths. So we need to have linens to cover three-bedroom, two-bath and all that stuff. So that gives you a good frame of reference. And then if you're going to invest in it, like that's a must. Like You need to look at that to figure out what to buy to turn into an Airbnb. Generally speaking, at least in Albuquerque, huge houses don't do very well. Like those are only booked for big events like weddings or parties. And some people might be into that, but some people may hate it. There was a notorious one in Albuquerque that made the news because it was always these teenagers, local kids were renting it and then having these huge parties and the neighbors all hated the person who owned that property. And then as soon as that news story went live, Airbnb actually banned that guy for life because that's one of the TOS, the terms of service with Airbnb is that you have to be a good neighbor to the neighborhood that you're in. You can't just run the flop house in the neighborhood where everybody parties. You can't do that. Right. So big houses are bad. Small houses are usually bad because if you're looking at an Airbnb, you're usually not one person. So you're not renting a studio apartment. It's usually a multi-room sort of situation. I would say there's one possible caveat to that, and that's 
here in Albuquerque, we're in a very different market, but if you're in a mountain resort ski town, at least this is what we've been told doing our research, the bigger house is actually, and Evolve told us this in Denver too, like if you live in a town where there's a ton of tourism, people yeah. coming in and out, actually those bigger houses can do really, really well because what will happen is a group of people going skiing, 10 people or 15 people will all rent the house together, even though it's ridiculously expensive, but it's kind of like going to a hotel. Everyone gets, it's a big house. They all, and they ski off the thing and go skiing and, you know, right off the front door or whatever, but people are willing to do it in groups. So if you can find a market that has a lot of that traffic, however, the other caveat to that is more of these towns are now banning Airbnbs. Yeah. Santa Fe locally did it. Yeah. Durango did it. So yeah. like there, you'll go run into a situation where if it gets too big, too fast they'll cut it off south lake tahoe just said we're done completely they're not going to issue new permits for airbnb and the ones if the airbnb changes hands and that permit went out you don't get to renew it so they're just saying we're done with it completely yeah because we looked at lake tahoe last year just to see for fun and it was an opportunity because there was one company doing the airbnbs for the whole market however they were very dramatically reducing the ability for people to get Airbnbs. I think if you still had an Airbnb, you could keep it. Yep. But again, if you guys just got to know the market. And so I would recommend you call up the guys up at Evolve in Denver because what they did on the phone with us is they said, they looked at our market specifically. They looked at the data, all the probably the AirDNA type data as well. And they told me exactly what part of town would rent well, what price points. And like, so I had an idea. So if you're in another one of these like travel type markets where there's a lot of in and out traffic, Maybe this is a great opportunity and maybe this is going to be super profitable for you for cleaning as well because you have that these big houses that are turning over every two, three days and that it costs a lot to clean those in general. So yeah, yeah it's a great opportunity. Hey guys, quick question. Does your cleaning business need more customers? And the answer is of course, yes. So if you're like us and you want more customers, we've created a 10X marketing bootcamp course to help you guys 10x your business, get to that seven figures and beyond, and really commit to your success. So if you're ready to commit, let's tell them where to go. Head over to profitcleaners.com slash courses. You can get started right away. We'll see you guys on the inside. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. So we've told you all the good things about an Airbnb. There are some cons to doing this that you should be prepared for. So the biggest one, and I think this is the biggest reason that a lot of cleaning companies don't do it, is that the scheduling is very erratic. So you'll have people that are going to stay for a night. You'll have short-term bookings or short-notice bookings, rather. So, like, the guy checked out, but we don't need to clean it today because nobody's checking in until next Monday. Well, then, like, you get a last-minute booking on a Saturday. Then you're like, whoa, now we got to get somebody in there on the weekend and clean it really quick because they're going to check in at 4. So scheduling is a pain. And so and this is actually why I think all the competitors in town, when we started, we called them all and we said, well, why won't you guys clean the Airbnbs? And they said, because of the scheduling. Yeah. Right? That was it. So that's where's the gift in that? The gift is that if you can figure out the scheduling, you can do it. One of the couple ways that we've done it is if we were really slammed and we had to get something done, you could pluck a team member off of three different cleaning teams to make an Airbnb team on a fly and send them out to do it really fast and then redisperse them later. That's some logistics. You've got to move people around. You can have a dedicated team that does it. But generally speaking, we just slot it in. We typically know the one we have in Albuquerque, the one that we manage, it is booked out. Last minute bookings are not usually a big deal for us. It tends to be booked most of the time. And we know that in advance usually. And then if you know, if you are facing a situation where someone checked out on a Friday and you don't want to have anybody check in, go into the calendar and block it off. We're just going to block off Saturday so no one can put a wrench in the works here because we don't have anyone available to clean it until Monday. So- it's in your control. You can yeah. do that. But if you're cleaning these Airbnbs and you're not 
owning it, like you might very well be in a position where they're like, hey, someone checked out last night and someone's coming tomorrow. And you might be on the call on the cusp of that. If yes. You're, especially so if you're working you for You do have Evolver. to prepare for it, but it's also, this may be a managing expectations thing. So like if you're the best of the best cleaning company and you're the only one that's taking bookings in your town, then okay, you got a little bit of leverage here. So one of the things you could tell them as part of the agreement, like, yes, we'll service this. However, if you have a checkout on a Saturday, we're not going to clean it until Monday morning. And so you just have to let that person know there are rules within all these booking systems. So within Airbnb, I know that you can schedule what they call a buffer day. So if someone checks out, I want to be able to have at least one whole day in between. And you can put rules in there too that says like no check-ins on Sunday, whatever it is, so that we're all on the same page. It's just a matter of getting everybody dialed in the way you need it to be dialed in. Yeah. So for example, like our cleaning teams don't work on the weekends. However, some of the ways we've gotten around that is if we ever have needed to clean an Airbnb on a Saturday, we'll normally just say, hey, does anybody want to work on the weekends, get some a couple extra hours? And normally there's two or three people that will want to do that. So there's another way you can get around it if, if you don't work we've on the bonus, weekends. We've bought people $25 gift cards to Starbucks and things like that to try and incentivize them. We'll put out the volunteer. Anybody want to work on Saturday for two hours, get some overtime? No. Anybody want to get overtime and a $25 gift card to whatever? And at that point, you might be losing money on that particular clean on a Saturday, but you kept the Airbnb up, it got a good review, and everything works out fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Another downside is that there's a lot of variables in a vacation rental compared to a normal house. Mm -hmm. So you are going to have to deal with the dishes. You could have a house rule that says, hey, guest, you have to load the dishwasher and start it before you leave. But if they don't do it and then they get left town and got on a plane, like your recourse is you now have to do the dishes. So sometimes you got to do dishes. You got to put away dishes. Sometimes things go missing. And since you don't own the house, it's hard for you to tell what went missing. So if the owner comes back to you, they came into town to check it out. Like, hey, what happened to this painting of whatever on the wall? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even know it was there. So sometimes that's a lot of people get away around that by taking a video when you walk in. So like you can... Take a video when you sign up the customer, and then you could actually have the cleaning teams take a video every time. It's just a video walkthrough. Send that file to the customer. Hey, here's your walkthrough on the checkout that happened on March 15th. Let me know if anything looks off to you. Yeah, that's a great insurance policy, by the way, because then you cover your butt. If something indeed didn't happen and they're blaming you for it, you can say, hey, our team's got the video. That wasn't there. Um, so a great little insurance yeah. piece you can work in there. We had a potential customer that we were looking at working with, and he just it never worked out for us. But he actually had a binder for the cleaning team that had the photos from the listing. And he wanted the photos to look exactly like he wanted the house to look like the photos. So when someone checked in, it looked exactly like it did online. And so this was basically like staging it from a real estate perspective, like setting chairs and table settings, knives and forks and flowers here and putting coffee in that thing and yada, yada, yada. And so that ended up being, you can decline the business. Like you don't have to say yes to everything. So that ended up not working out for us, but those are some of the variables that are going to, trip you up yeah or basically just like a lot of the stuff that we don't do in our residential houses the reason we don't do it in the first place and like we don't do dishes or touch breakable stuff or do laundry because we could really mess something up and then we're there for 10 hours longer doing stuff and we have to pay all this money and it's hard to scale a business you can't really scale if you're not efficient because you have all these variables right so the airbnb is going to be something that you're going to need to tweak a lot more systems, right? Like you're going to have, you're going to be doing more of these variables like dishes and maybe other stuff that's breakable or um, restocking things and things that are extras that 
isn't just like the top down left right cleaning that we normally do so it makes it maybe a little harder to scale up but it's just about systems guys so if you create a system for doing this the little variable things for making the notes for all the extra things that people need yes it's going to take a little longer sometimes it's not going to be perfect but that's the way you do it. you got to create yeah. a system around it but it's another market segment for you so like mm -hmm. take it or leave it do you want to take it you got to systematize it somehow to figure that out but there's opportunity in it too we talked about the linens the other upsell one i think that we kind of skipped over is like if you do want to leave a welcome gift, there's a little basket with a note that says, thanks for checking in, and here's a bottle of wine or a local whatever. You could be the provider of those items. You can say like, hey, we buy this wine in bulk from a local winery, and we'll charge it to you for X when we restock it every time we restock it. So check with local laws about being a liquor distributor and stuff like that, but you don't have to include booze. Like It could be coffee or candy or whatever, but that's another opportunity. So those pros and cons, we do want to tell you a couple learning points that we had along the way one of them that was really recent was we had a guest in there for christmas and christmas morning man my phone's ringing and they're sending me pictures of the toilet is backing up into the bathtub so you try to flush the toilet and water comes out of the bathtub that's a pretty standard sewer blockage but it's nasty and in this house that we had there was only one bathroom so that was very bad so now i'm on christmas morning calling every plumber in town they all offer emergency service until you call and actually request it and they're like oh well our emergency guy is not here because it's Christmas. I'm like, I know, but I called you because it was Christmas. So we finally got someone out there. We ended up refunding that stay because they were basically, it was like six hours of not being able to go to the bathroom. They were like going to Starbucks on Christmas Day to go to the bathroom. And so all of that was very bad. And these are just things that you have to prepare for and like roll with the punches. And so in the future, I think what we'll do is we'll just get that house on a schedule of having the drains cleaned on a regular basis instead of waiting for it to actually cause a problem like this. So we will, every six months, we'll just have it done. It's a $100 fee to have it snaked. It's not a big deal. The other one that happens a lot is we are very pet friendly. I had told the owner that this is going to be a big boost because a lot of people don't want to do this because pets are kind of a problem. And the way that we worked it out with them, I was like, look, you shouldn't leave anything in this house that you are uncomfortable with being completely destroyed. And that has happened. Cats scratch the corners of sofas or dogs pee on stuff we had a guy staying with his elderly father who kind of pooped on our couch a little bit and so we have gone through like three sofas in two years and that is just something that you have to be prepared for people are gross man they're gonna trash your stuff so like don't be putting nice leather things in there if you're trying to be a high throughput service you know what i mean the nice leather stuff should go for the ski town ones that are really big and people are going to pay a $500 cleaning fee with a big security deposit. We don't do any of that. We're trying to just crank people through and get it high occupancy the whole time. And one thing to remember that I learned when we were doing this is actually, especially if you're investing in these Airbnbs on that side of things, but also when you're cleaning it, the people that come to these Airbnbs are not typically going to trash the Airbnbs because their short term versus a long term renter is much more likely to trash that place. They're much more likely to paint the wall some weird color or put on some satellite dish and let their dogs tear up the carpet and dig up the yard and all this stuff. Those are the long-term tenants. And actually in the houses we're cleaning, like that's the stuff you're normally gonna run into is people kind of trash and leased houses and other stuff. But these Airbnb properties are a lot more consistent where the people are in and out. They're not there to trash stuff because they know they're on the hook for it. They're literally like there for a few hours and sleeping on the bed and they're not really touching much, much else in the house usually. So in that regard, it's actually, less risk in some regards, especially if you're owning the property, we've been told you're going to make more money and you're going to have less problems from these short-term Airbnb people right. versus a long-term renter. So if you haven't caught the theme of the episode, it's that everything is variable and you got to roll with the punches. So right. yeah, you could have a kick-ass mountain Airbnb that's booked all the time. You could run the small one that's booked all the time. 
Generally, they don't trash it, but sometimes their dog does. So you have to be able to adjust with it. So if you think this is a good shot for you to take, then take it. Like, look around your town. Are you in a small mountain town that gets a lot of ski traffic? Then shop around. See if someone's doing it in town. Um, yeah. We're really close to Santa Fe. They have, I think it's the second highest per capita amount of Airbnbs per yeah, population. It is. It's and up there. they keep putting regulations on it over and over again. They haven't fully pulled the plug on it yet, but yeah. they are trying to crack down on it. There's taxes and stuff you got to pay if you're the owner. But these are all things to research. So taxes are there to incentivize people to do stuff. So you just need to... Pay attention to it and make sure that it will work for you. Yeah, and then going back to what we always say, guys, the riches are in the niches. And if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. So if you're trying to do commercial cleaning and residential cleaning and chimney sweeps, and dog and washing, cleaning. and gutter cleaning, and uh, yeah. drone gardening, or whatever the heck else people do, like there's weird stuff. I don't know. It's crazy. I want a drone gardener. Like, yeah, like <laughs> the, the, like you see these cars sometimes, and they have like 20 bullets of all the things they do. And and if that's you, more power to you. I, I hope you're able to do it all. But I'm just saying the riches are the niches, and focus is what gets you that laser focus to cut through diamonds, not this big broad flashlight that's like you can't really cut through anything basically that's what we're trying to encourage you guys to do is maybe you go all in with airbnbs but maybe you don't maybe you keep doing just commercial or just residential and you build that up until you have enough momentum and then you can stack something else on or integrate it but don't burn yourself out and wear yourself thin because you're trying to do everything so this is just another opportunity in the market Um, see if you can integrate it with what you're already doing because it's an easy pivot but it's also like we said if you're in a ski town or a travel town this might be all you need this could be a huge market for you So just look around, see where the opportunity is at and see how you want to, you know, what you're willing to do. So there you go, guys. You got another tool in the toolbox for your cleaning company, a way to make a pivot for some extra cash if you feel like you could make it work. So if you found value out of the video, uh, you'd like it on YouTube, leave us a comment if you want us to cover something different. If you're listening to us on a podcast, please subscribe, leave us a review and you can always find us at ProfitCleaners.com. That's right. And we're on YouTube now, so check out the YouTube videos. Join our Facebook group. And if you're liking this so much and you're like, I want more, go to ProfitCleaners.com slash courses. We've got marketing courses and other courses launching soon that's going to take it to the next level and get into the real nitty-gritty step-by-step details and behind the scenes of exactly how we do this stuff to grow our business. And I think that's pretty much it for today. So, yeah. so keep it clean, guys. Keep it clean. Thanks for joining us today. To get more info, including show notes, updates, trainings, and super cool free stuff, head over to ProfitCleaners.com. And remember, keep it clean.